Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. Thank you so much for joining. We have Tony Amendola uh, with us once again. Uh, Tony started off the show for us uh, October of 2020, and uh, he, he is back once again to update us on, on what's he, what he's been up to and, and share a, a couple more um, Master Break Tech uh, memories. But before we really get into that, uh, if you like Stargate, and you want to see more content like this on YouTube. It would mean a great deal if you click that like button. It makes a real difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show continue to grow its audience. And if you wouldn't mind, please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get subscribed to future episodes, consider clicking on that subscribe icon. And giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next uh, few days on the GateWorld.net YouTube channel. As this is a live show, Tony is with me here, and uh, we have uh, the ability as as fans to submit uh, questions to him uh, via YouTube.com slash DialTheGate in the chat window, which is running while the show is going. The moderators are there to take in the questions and pass them along. Uh, to me, and I'm glad you were with us. I am ex- especially grateful to have Tony Amendola, Master Bray Tech, uh, back once again for the show. Sir, it is a pleasure to have you again, and it just uh, warms my heart to be able to to sit with you <laughs> here and and uh, and 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 catch up and see that you're doing good, and that you know there is there are some things still right with this world. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure to join you, David. And we have unfinished business. So we, uh, you know, we, we had to complete this. And uh, it certainly, uh, you know, is a strange time, but there are, uh, there is light out there, too. So I, I've been uh, catching up on some of your credits. Uh, how have you been keeping busy and, and what's new? Um, you know, surprisingly, considering, you know, most things uh, sort of closed down for a good number of months, I, uh, I've been reasonably busy. I, um, I'm trying to think. So uh, I probably shortly after uh, we last spoke, I, I did a Christmas movie called Christmas Again for Disney, which we shot in Chicago, which was marvelous, except I couldn't really visit right very much because, so i ended up walking around quite a bit in uh, you know november but it was glorious you know i got trapped there for thanksgiving but uh, it all worked out very well the people were very nice and they took good care of us oh good but um uh and then sort of returned back to la uh i'm trying to think what else uh did a little bit of television and then um I've been working on this piece that is uh, is being edited right now, which is called uh, Rough Magic. And a friend okay. of mine wrote it, and it's uh, it's about Shakespeare late in his life. It's a one-person show, and it's about Shakespeare at, you know, just before he returns to uh, Stratford. He hasn't written um, Tempest, and he's struggling with the form, with the... You know, everyone knows comedies and tragedies, but there was a form at the end of his career called the romance. Cymbeline, Pericles, uh, Winter's Tale, and Tempest. And it's just before he wrote The Tempest. So, And that was a, a big effort. So it's about a 45-minute piece, which we filmed. And, and you are a Shakespeare. In- yeah, 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 yeah. So that, was, that kept right. me very busy. And luckily, uh, the director, uh, you know, Andy Wolk, who uh, uh, co-wrote it as well. Uh, and uh, and it was, um, you know, there was that. And then uh, in the midst of all that, I got this, you know, talking about from going from a Christmas movie 
you know, which is uh, Christmas again is that your Chris, your typical Christmas movie blended with um, Groundhog Day. So it's, yeah. a, it's a retelling of the same event through the eyes of a little girl, uh, a young girl, probably about 12 or so. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, so you go from that. And I did this um, project with uh, a, a writer named Dennis Lehane, who wrote, you know, Gone Baby Gone and um, uh, uh, Mystic River. So it's a heavy, a heavy piece set uh, based on, the, on a book called In With the Devil. Oh, which is a yeah, yeah. It's a, it takes place in prison, uh, uh, and we shot it in Louisiana, and that was you know it's a miniseries, not a film. It's a six, I believe, a six part miniseries on. Uh, it's going to be on Apple TV probably in the spring. Okay, and I, you know I did three of those episodes in a very very different uh, sort of character than uh, than uh, certainly it was in the Christmas movie and. Uh, uh, and I'm trying to think what else. Is that caged? Uh, also, Would that have been caged? I mean, oh no, caged. Oh no, caged. <laughs> oh yeah, caged is another prison prison film. Yeah, I play a warden in that one. Caged that we shot actually in. Believe it or not, we shot caged in 2016. Oh, okay. So it's, and it it's was been it was, gestating for a while. Yeah, you know, meaning you know, I meaning they needed more money to complete it. Got it. <laughs> But uh, but it, it, it you know it's a uh, it's a very intense uh, but uh, interesting little film for people that don't mind you know uh, prison claustrophobia. Right. It's about the madness of solitary confinement within prison, and uh, I, you know I play this uh, warden who um, is oddly sort of forward thinking. Uh, uh, yeah, and probably the last thing, you know, and there are probably some other things I haven't really thought about, but the last thing is something that's coming out February 14th on, on Valentine's Day on uh, Audible, and it's called Numbered Days. Numbered and what it Days. Is, numbered Days. And again, it's an intense uh, friend of mine, Corey Madden, who's, a, you know, a, a producer and a poet and a writer. She uh, was in a wonderful relationship and lost her husband. Uh, and uh, because she's an artist, she documented it, that experience through poetry, you know, and her, you know, with her husband saying, okay, we need, you know, and so she, it's the story of their journey until, you know, from when he was diagnosed to wow. when eventually he died. And it's, um, it, as I say, but it's a beautiful, beautiful poetry and quite beautiful, uh, uh, story. Uh, he was a composer, a very well-known composer, in, sort of in the area and uh, avant-garde music and film, et cetera, and theater. And uh, anyway, Anna, Anna Gunn is in it. I don't know, you know, uh -huh. from um, she plays um, Corey's surrogate, and I play the husband. And there's two other, uh, Jeannie Cicada and Jack Stedlin are in it. And it's, uh, you know, that's going to drop on the 14th. So, you know, it's funny, you know, because as an actor, you think, God, I, I'm not busy. And then you look back and you say, no, actually, you were, <laughs> you were really busy. Um, and uh, that's, uh, that's sort of what I've been uh, uh, doing. I've been, you know, uh, keeping myself healthy and doing a lot of hiking in the area over in Griffith Park, which I live close to. Oh, uh, yes. That's a good hike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, there's a great book called 33 Hikes in Griffith Park. Oh. And we've done all of them. Wow. Everything I can believe from, there's 33. Yeah. Oh, well. And that's not everything from like a half hour yeah. to like five hours at an eight mile over all the peaks. And it was fa it's fantastic. I have a I have a buddy who I call the, you know, the goat because, uh, you know, he, he just I'm saying, really? He says, no, no, it's not far. And that was like an hour and a half ago. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, that was a long answer to your question. But I'm well, and I hope everyone who's listening is well. When uh, we last spoke, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk with you about, uh, at least based on every, my record here of the, docu the document of uh, review when we talked, Jedi Fallen Order. You were mm. Jedi Master Eno Cordova. That's and right. uh, it was a, a delight is 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 not the right word. I, I was ecstatic to see you on my screen when I'm playing through this game because yeah. it was like a 
it was a perfect casting. And oh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, still yeah. tickled that you were in that because I think that it's one of the one of the the greatest Star Wars games of the last you know of 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 the last ten years. What a yeah. performance! That was cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, and it was great fun, you know, because uh, you know I I like Star Wars. It was you know probably you know one of the earlier introductions, uh, you know, to that um, sort of franchise, and and I'd I'd like to believe in a small way because I've done. Stargate, obviously, uh-huh. Babylon Five, uh-huh. Star Trek. Uh-huh. That uh, you know, I, I was missing Star Wars, and I was able <laughs> to sort of, you know, to do all four. Um, Not to mention Terminator and, and a lot of these other brilliant sci-fi and, and Terminator. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of. Oh my God! Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> Opposite the great Cersei Lannister herself. Oh my! God. Oh man! Yes, yeah. And she was so marvelous. She was so, uh, yeah, yeah. It's always interesting when you. Um, when you work, you know, with people uh, closely who are then then eventually, you know, uh, Ascend, go on to stratospheric, yeah, yeah. right. I, I, I'll give you another guy. I did a film, uh, a wonderful film uh, called Lone Star, which is about Texas and about uh, relations at the border, etc. And all my shooting was with Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper hadn't won the Academy Award yet, and all, all my stuff was with him, and so. It's a very different day when there's just two of you. You just sort of sit down and, you you know, and this is pre-cell phones and pre-getting lost in tablets. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's so many, uh, you know, uh, I remember doing an episode for those fans of uh, Desperate Housewives. I was, was you know, uh, I fell in love with Marsha Cross in uh, in an episode of The Raven, you know, uh, you know, before. And Terry Hatcher, actually, another one. uh, Yes. Clark. Well, Terry Hatcher, I didn't work with her in Lois and Clark. I worked with her in Seinfeld. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, it's it's interesting. It's a small world. You know? Seinfeld, so. another great one with that that scene with you and Michael Richards in the in the sauna. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And also, you know, for me, it was a delight uh, because uh, I don't get to, a chance, an opportunity to do much sitcom. So when they mm. come across and they come along, it's really choice. And that one being one of the ultimate sitcoms to me it was a, yeah, a sitcom agreed. that genuinely made me laugh consistently and then recently i got a chance to do will and grace i uh, saw just this before yeah yeah which again is a, a very funny uh and strangely i did a, a god there is coming back forgive me no you're uh, fine. you know there's a re, there's a reboot of iCarly. oh they're you know, restarting iCarly? it they did. They did. It's in I didn't hear about this. Oh, okay. because all the people now are in their twenties, right? Okay, so they're doing like a girl meets world kind of. Got yes. It. Yeah, and uh, you know, I got a chance to uh, do an episode of that, and again, it was great fun, particularly in COVID. You know, you're sort of doing, you know, trying to do, uh, you know, a sitcom with your mask. <laughs> so, you know, but they take good care of us. We're tested, you know, three times a week, and uh, it's uh, they treat it very seriously, as they should. What's this um, Profit in E minor that I'm seeing? Oh, Profit in E minor is a, a script that a person uh, has been trying to develop for a long time. Okay. It's a very, very strange script. Uh, and I'm still uh, sort of um, attached to it. Whether it will happen, I, I, I don't know. Understood. You know, at this point, sometimes at this point, I, I sort of doubt it. It's been a while. IMDb is uh, always nebulous know. that way, so you yeah, can never yeah. be too sure. Well, you know, it's funny. I need to go on. Uh, it's I need to go on I, IMDb Pro and change. You know, there there are some errors in my, <laughs> in my which I won't point out. But uh, you know, it's so strange that because I'm thinking, how come other people can post stuff about yeah. me? <laughs> right? Myself, Don't I have know, some well, control over my list? Well, it, it was funny. One of the fringe benefits of doing uh, uh, Christmas again was that, uh, you know, I finally just said, okay, you know, Tony, you need, because you need to get your little check mark on Twitter. You need, for the longest time, I never had it because, you know, I'm old. <laughs> so I never, you know, and uh, finally I, uh, you know, I was doing PR for them and stuff. And I, I said, um, can you vouch for me? <laughs> right. Vouch that I am who I am. And, and it was done. In 24 hours, you know. Yeah, you, you know, when it happens, it happens Disney. fast, I've yeah. heard. Yeah, yeah. somebody so. from Disney just goes, beep, 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 and it's done. Correct. Meanwhile, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to 
prove I exist, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I'm not right. a, I am I'm not the Tony Amendola. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah. me on television, please. Yeah, it's funny. Christopher Judge. You spent um, most of your time with him uh, on Stargate SG-1. Uh, I am privileged to have gotten to know him. He's one of the most uh, honest, most generous people I've ever known. Um, Tell me about working with Chris and uh, watching him grow as a man over 10 years. Now, now, more since. Because you've, 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 I mean, I can attest we've, we've caught up with him. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, what can I say about Chris? He's the whole, he's the whole package. He's sort of, you know, uh, yeah, you know, great intelligence, great warmth, great, uh, uh, hunger for life and joy and participation of life. Very welcoming, extremely, extremely bright. Um, you know, it was, I've told this story many, many times, you know, uh, when I first got the role, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I knew everything was sort of about, it was going to be about this other guy. As an actor, you often don't want to make the role about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a trick. You want to make it about the people that are important to you. So you get you out of yourself and you're, and you're concerned what's going on with them, just like a family or something, if you will. Uh, so when I arrived on set the first day, uh, I, all I was interested in is who is this guy, Christopher Judge, who's playing Tilk? Who's it? And and I asked an AD, and he says he's right there. And I never forget they were shooting a, a scene, and the team was sort of further away in front of a structure, and Richard was you know closer to me, you know not very close but closer. And they said, "Oh, that's him." So they were on a quick break, and I remember. <laughs> I remember, I knew who Richard was. I knew how important he was. It wasn't that. But all I was interested in meeting Chris. And when I walked by, I could see, like, Richard's face. Like, what? I, I thought you were here to meet me. Right. <laughs> Executive and producer, then, star of the show, yeah, you know. Probably a smart thing to do. Right. <laughs> probably a, a much smarter thing to do. But, you know, I'm, uh, you know, so I went over and met Chris and Amanda and uh, Michael and uh, and then came back to Richard and we had a wonderful time and in many ways in many ways in hindsight that was a great dynamic between Richard and myself because that was our dynamic you know everything was about this you know this yeah. this guy Chris Judge and these other people and who are they and and they're taking and they're you know watching your back and all those things so so it worked out really well but Chris you know uh i have nothing I don't know if you know, but occasionally actors can complain just just a little bit. And, you know, what I always (laughs) admired about Chris is that he took his hunger for different things to happen to his character and um, what he wanted to see on the show. And as opposed to just simply pitching it week after week and, you know, eventually the writers closing the door, someone made the mistake of saying, well, you write it then. And he did. And I am one of the beneficiaries of that, you know, and um, and I, I, I always I always he was such a cut up in many ways. And I've told those stories. Uh, I don't have that many, but uh, that he never directed. He never directed, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain. He Definitely never not directed. Stargate. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah, because. I think he he was you know so much fun and so you know you know sort of wild and fun that he knew he was going to be on the other end of that he knew, <laughs> the crew everyone would have given him a would have given him a jolly tough time you know and I think he, he thought man nah, maybe I won't do that. <laughs> but anyway he's um, yeah it's been a while it's. Uh... It's interesting that you say, you know, you, you, you tell the story of how you passed uh, Rick up the first the first time and then came like back around him. It's very similar to the reaction on screen that uh, that Braytac gives uh, O'Neill. And through the next several episodes, you know, Braytac kind of looks at O'Neill as eh, human, you know, human. Yeah. The, yeah, Teal's yeah, yeah. sidekick. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's funny to, that is to watch that play out over the course of the, the first couple of episodes. Uh, would you please stop calling me human? You know, that's right. I'm just I'm 
I'm the guy of this team, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it worked. And it just played into the characters. Perfectly. And it played into Richard's take on the character as, you know, as opposed to, uh, to Kurt Russell. Correct. Which you, you really can't sustain for the number of seasons. You know, that would have been a very different uh, sort of thing. And, and, you know, people will ask, did you know it was a recurring part? Did you know mm-hmm. anything? No. No. And it it was all, I think, about the chemistry Mm -hmm. in a kind of way. And they realized, I think, you know, oh, my God, look at that. We could, you know, because the very next thing they had me do, the very next time you saw me after that first episode, I walk in, I have the serpent helmet on. And the first thing I do is hit Richard in the face. (laughs) That's the first thing, (laughs) you know, which, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was this. Uh, I guess that was the second. Or it was the second season, right? Or was the third? Yeah, second, 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 the premiere of yeah. the second season. Yeah, yeah, the premiere of the second season. So consequently, I think, I think the audience was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so many people have told me it's their favorite moment, <laughs> one of their favorite moments. I should. Sci-fi fan twenty one wanted to know uh, any particular uh, director that you enjoyed working with the most, or any particular moments with directors that really come out to you over you know looking back over the body of work yeah um i'm trying to think you know i really i i like working with uh peter deloise a, a lot and uh and the reason i like working with me is that he was a fun set he was sort of a wild guy him and chris oh my god you know this is just oh it's just too much mail just too much <laughs> You know, and it, it, but what I what I particularly loved about uh, Peter is that if you were in a jam, meaning when I say in a jam that you 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 got a choice to make, Carrie can go this that way that way, and it, and instinctually you don't you don't quite know, and you're sitting on the fence. Uh, you can go to Peter, and tell him to cut all the bull. <laughs> yeah, and he can help you as an actor because he is an actor. Correct. And he's a, he's an actor who has the benefit of knowing the lenses and knowing the whole and knowing what's going to play something, you know, could play very well on stage or something, but all of a sudden how it plays in a box is very, very different. So I, I really liked him. Another guy I, I really liked was, um, and it, this is another series, a guy named Mike Vehar who did a lot of Babylon five and a lot of uh, Star Trek. Uh, and I had done an episode of Babylon 5 Crusade, uh, which is one of my favorite episodes of sci-fi. Uh, and uh, and then little did I know he he was the director on an episode of, uh, of uh, Voyager I did. And he, he was very good. Uh, I loved so. The Muse. I yes. wish your part was bigger in The Muse. Because yeah, me it's, too. It's, yeah. it's an episode that, that is fundamentally everything about what science fiction is about. Some people yes. say it's a little on the nose, but I think that it's it's exemplary of what of what the the genre is, you know. And as as players in a group, uh, you have an opportunity to influence someone who has authority and may be responsible for people living or dying, you know. Absolutely, it was and so uh, cool. you, absolutely, and wonderful concept and entertainment slash art as a way of keeping people busy from the slaughter that they can fall into war and, and uh, genocide, any of the other things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was John Chuck and, uh, and myself. So we were all, uh, we were all part of a Greek chorus, you know, and, and this, the center of it really was the writer, the actor who played the writer. And it was, uh, it, it was a very interesting, uh, beautiful set to, I thought, uh, um, and so uh, what else? I'm trying to think. Who are some of the other directors? Uh, uh, you know, it, it's interesting with directors because as actors, somehow there's many theories about why people become actors. <laughs> you know, many, many, many theories, and uh, but there is a sense of an actor that it's it's hard to, for lack of a better term, stamp your own passport. Mm that you always need sort of an outside eye to say, oh, this is good and bad. And, and of course, you're at the mercy of taste, which makes it, it's not scientific. It's not as if, you know, your role two plus two will always be four. 
you, you roll two plus two is four to one person, six to another and one, to, you know, so it's always a matter of taste. But uh, we, so we think that somehow someone's got a missing piece that will make us all fall into place. And we will then be like a science experiment. It will always be the same. We will always be good. Yeah. You'll have arrived. It doesn't work there. We will have arrived. Yeah. So consequently, I did in this Lone Star film, I did, uh, it's a filmmaker named John Sayles, who's a quite a popular uh, filmmaker. She called Seven, Brother from Another Planet. I don't know if you've ever seen that film, <laughs> The Brother from Another Planet. Oh, you should check it out. It sounds good. Film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm Joe Morton. Okay. Uh, All right. It's, check that film out. It's, okay. You'll be surprised. Uh, and uh, Mate One and uh, many other uh, uh, films. Uh, so consequently, I got a chance to work with him in this Lone Star. So I thought, oh, my God, this is great. This is it's sort of like a, he would do a film a year like Woody, Woody Allen did back in the 70s and 80s. He would do, you know, and he was earning his money uh, ghostwriting, you know, for like Piranha or some other. <laughs> so he would he would he would direct and uh, uh, edit everything himself, write, direct and edit. And this film, Chris Christopherson, uh, 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 Chris Cooper, uh, just a bunch of people. And so I thought, oh, my God, this is it. And I walked down set and I did my work. And he never said a word to me. Never said, he gave me one note, one, one little note about saying, oh, he'd say it this way. And, and had I been a very young actor, it would have freaked me out in a kind of way, like, oh, you know. But, and then I realized, no, he's happy with what I'm doing. <laughs> he's, you know, and he's not so going to micromanage you. He's yeah. Stay no, out of your way. He, yeah. You know, and as many, many of the great directors will tell you, it's 90% casting that their job is done after they cast the thing. And then the other 10% is reining the actor or actress in or asking them to expand it. One of the two, you know, but it's in the casting. And uh, that was very interesting. So obviously the opportunity to work with John Sayles, to work with uh, Martin Campbell and the two Zorros. That was very, very yes. important to my career. Uh, Ted Demi, who unfortunately died in Blow. Uh, there's been a lot. There's been a lot that have... It, but it was always interesting to see who... I, I, I did do... I'll give, here's the opposite. Hmm. I did an episode of a short-lived series, uh, Robert Urich, I believe it was, called Lazarus Man. It's a wonderful idea. It's set during, it was a cowboyish thing mm. set during uh, the Lincoln administration out West and there was an assassin, uh, et cetera. And, uh, and the guy, I got hired and I went to Santa Fe and it was fantastic. Santa Fe was, couldn't have been nicer in the fall, hardly any tourists and just exquisite places. And this guy, I don't know why, sometimes they do it to guest stars because they can't talk to the regular actors. The regular actors have been doing the role for a while. So the guest stars, the directors feel like they have to prove themselves with the guest stars. So they're, they're the whipping boys. They're the whipping <laughs> boys. He didn't, it wasn't like that. I know. I'm, I'm kidding. Not, I'm, I'm kidding. Enough, but, but you know what I mean? And so, but you want to think, Hey, I'm here to work. Let's have fun. Tell me what you got. Yeah. And you could, with each note he gave me, it got worse and worse. <laughs> and I knew it was worse. I knew it was worse. You know, and I and it got worse, and it got worse. And finally, at the you know, after going around about an hour, and I can, I'm saying, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm you. He says, eh, please, would you do me a favor? I said, what? what? I said, I know. What, what do you want? He says, can you do it the way you were doing it when you came in? I said, yes, I'd be happy to. I was wrong. It's that, <laughs> it was like, well, it's that great thing. You probably have heard the Shatner thing, right? The Shatner yes. thing where the voiceover. Audition oh yeah, he's like. With, with you, a guy you tell me exactly how you want me to do it. Yes. I will repeat it. Yeah, now, I did. I wasn't as uh, I wasn't as difficult to Shatner, and I thought <laughs> Shatner was absolutely right. You know, because you get people saying you know ridiculous things to you sometimes. There's a great um, there's a great uh, film with Sam Elliott where uh, it's about a father son voiceover people, mm. and Sam Elliott is doing you know, uh huh, river rivers and baked beans the best in the West. Yeah. Uh, would you, uh, would you uh, give us, a, would, would you give us another, uh, uh, just, just to try something different. Rivers and baked beans, the best in the West. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe, maybe make it deeper. 
Rivers and baked beans, the best. And, you know, and it just, it, there's the ridiculousness of, of some, sometimes you get it right quickly. And, you know, your best thing you can do as a director and actor is just say, okay, we didn't have to struggle with that. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. You know, but people won't let it go sometimes. They, you know, it's like the director in a play. And I've had many of these. I've had ones who they do the day's work. And if it's three o'clock and you're supposed to finish at four, they send you home. Because they've done the day's work. Everyone, they know they've. When you've right. got it, you've. You, yeah. you, you, hopefully, yeah. if you have any yeah. competence, you know you've got it. But well, I imagine this, there's some yeah. people who are like, you know, I, I, I think I do, but I want to play a little bit, especially if we have a little bit of time. I want to make sure I've got it. That's how I yeah, would feel. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, and I can understand that one take, <laughs> two takes. But I mean, you look at you know Clint Eastwood is a prime example from the friends I have who have worked with him. I mean, you know, the actors can hardly keep up. He's, you know, he shoots all the rehearsals often. Right. So, uh, That's true. you know, and he does it, particularly the last rehearsal, he does it purposely because he knows all of a sudden when they say, okay, we're going we're gonna to film this one, that it changes something. Correct. The actor can still play when it's in rehearsal. But as soon as you say, oh, we're going to film someone, it, it sort of tightens just a little bit. It's, um, anyway. You heard yeah. what Christopher Lee had to say about Peter Jackson. Right. No, what is it? Peter Jackson was the 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 worst for per, perhaps because he he was doing Saruman and he had like he was at like the tenth or eleventh take and Peter was like okay let's go again and uh, Christopher was like I think I've got it I think I've really got it but Peter wanted that word up that word down that word this way and he talked with uh, Sir uh, Ian Holm a, a few weeks later he's like. Well, I did like 27 takes and before Peter found it. some directors just want it exactly. And they're That's not, right. they won't tell the actor just to say it this way because it's not appropriate. That's you know, right, right, you right. are a vessel for the material. That's right. You know, I'm sure I'm surprised Ian Holm didn't say only 27. Right. Really? <laughs> only 27. <laughs> Bastard. He had me do 40. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. But, you know, it's part. It's. I, I read something uh, recently that, you know, if only it were easy, you know, only were easy to follow this logo and uh, or this uh, vision of life and which is nothing is permanent. Nothing is perfect and nothing is personal. Good luck. But there's a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah. Meaning, you know, uh, when, when to say, okay, I'm going to get myself out of the way because I want to, I want to work with this guy or this woman. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to, yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, actors can snap a little bit. We can, <laughs> and that can be creative. Like I remember I was doing a, something recently and luckily the director was a friend. But, you know, the director is trying to fill the day. Correct. And he's got a time schedule. So I was doing a take and he was looking at his watch. And I said, whoa. Now, you know, very nicely. I didn't, you know, how dare you or anything. But it's not conducive to the work we're doing here. I know you got to make your day, but don't look at your watch during takes. Right. <laughs> you Especially should be looking at us. Absolutely. Yeah. And this was someone that you already had established a relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. And he that. knew. And, 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 and Frank, and it, it was a group of people that knew each other. So it was, a, it was a good laugh. Yeah. It was a good laugh, but you know, but you know, the other alternative is the actor has to eat that. Mm. And it's sort of, you know, it becomes one more sort of thing. I, I, I often say if you, there's a number of things you can, um, if you ever hear of actors being difficult or being, as um, it's right. because you know there's a lot of stuff they carry over a, a number of years that is done to them or disrespect that is shown to them so sometimes it can manifest itself after the fact and it, it just was a way of getting rid of that mm -hmm. i just didn't want to i didn't want in the back of my mind every time i worked as director to, to see him the second time looking at his watch see him that you know and then all of a yeah. sudden have something that was serious yeah said, no don't look at your watch so i ask i don't ask much of you I'm here. Right. I got my lines. I'm ready to work. All I'm asking is you watch the work, which seems to be part of your job. <laughs> it was great. You wouldn't you know, know otherwise if something was wrong, if you're not paying any yeah. attention. Yeah, so. it made us closer, actually, in many ways. It's funny. Oh, that's you know, solid. I, 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 forgive me, I, because I know we're not talking as much about Stargate, no, but I have okay. to tell you, I got to tell you a great story about 
the actor always assumes that, you know, that you want to keep in the good graces of people at, at any cost, even at being silent. I was here, uh, oh, it was a long time ago, but I, and one day I had two auditions, one for the practice, mm. which became a long running series. I, and one for a, an episode called The Visitor. Do you remember this series? I, I, uh, a, 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 excuse me, a series called The Visitors. It was John Corbett. Okay. Yeah. Right? And it was the same day. And, you know, I must have been in the zone that day. I got one. Then I got the other. Wow. Right? And the agent said, okay, let me, let me, let me try and work this out. Let me, let me try it. And, and she tried. But it, uh, the dates couldn't work. And, and they could just, okay. She calls me, you got to choose. I chose the role. The practice wasn't the practice at the time. I chose what was a better role. On the practice, it was a doctor, you know, on a, a courtroom. And on um, The Visitor, I played a guy who was based on Haley Bop. Remember that suicide pact? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, I the religious was, group. Okay. Yes. That's who I play. And so I did it. Well, my agent calls me back and says, oh, man, they're angry at you over the practice. And I felt bad because I knew the casting person was a friend from the theater days in San Francisco. Yeah. So I felt bad. And I thought, oh, this is terrible. But when, so I, what am I going to do? So yeah, I, I spoke booked. to her. Yeah. So what I did is I got the address. And I wrote him a note saying, look, no one was trying to play uh, any games. I was trying to make both things work. I just chose. If you ever are in a jam, someone, I would be happy to do whatever it is to come and help out just know me you have me in your back pocket you, i owe you one and i so i did well 10 days later i got an audition again for the practice so i'm thinking to myself oh but i'm thinking this guy this guy wants to have the final word possible you know he wants yeah. me to drive all the way to manhattan beach and reject them, and pull the you know, plug and pull the plug but i'm thinking okay that's fine i go in i do my audition i'm prepared it's not particularly uh, great but it's very well prepared. And same cheap. people from last time. Same people. Okay. Same, same crew. Same. Uh, 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 yeah. Same producers. Okay. Uh, a different director, a different episode, but everybody, same casting person. I'm on my way out. He says, Hey, hold on a sec. I, I say, what? He said, thank you for the letter. I say, you're welcome. I leave. Don't know if he got the job. Anyway, he hires me again. Not only that, he hires me three more times. Now, here we went. It's the lesson of you're better off than really angry at you, meaning the powers that be who can hire you, having them really angry at you so they can say, hey, look, look what a great guy he's turned into now. Or look, hey, what a nice woman she is now. Then being anonymous. Mm-hmm. So here you made an impression. Worried. I made an impression. And now, so, you know, we cut to later on, you know, I'm on set doing it because I did four different episodes. Right. And I'm on set and he comes down, he's talking to me and he's got, you know, we're buddies now. And I think and that's so strange because I thought, oh, well, you know, that's a bridge that's burned. And now we're buddies. You're turning a disadvantage into an advantage. Absolutely. I had two years yeah. ago, I was working on a project and I, uh, long of the short, uh, I sent a message to Jenny, my producer, who's been on the show, complaining about the issues that I have with the project, and I sent it to the producer instead. Mm. I screwed up. Five minutes go by, nothing. I write her back and I say, if you want to pull me from the project, I completely understand. She said, no, it's okay. I said, can we call? Can we talk on the phone? I, I called her. She was cool about it. I, I didn't. I wasn't mean or anything. I was voicing my concerns. Okay. We are working together to this day. That's there you go. So we understood go. because it was one of those situations where we understood where each other was coming from. Didn't have to right. agree, but no. we were but we were honest about it and yeah. human to human. And it, yeah, it yeah, turns yeah. itself into all kinds of opportunities. It can also blow itself to hell. But... It can. It can. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's like that last one. Nothing is personal. But for an actor, how can you take in anything but personal? Because it's not like we're going, you know, and we leave an iPhone and say, "Uh, David, let me know what you think about this iPhone, whether you want to buy it or not. And and then we leave and we go home to our kids or whatever. 
you know, you have to look us in the eye <laughs> talking about my body, my voice, my intellect, my talent. A piece and of so you. So it's hard. Yeah, piece, it's, yeah, it's quite hard, you know, and um, it's, uh, who was I reading? Oh, God, what's her name? Oh, she was a woman that was uh, an old, older character person talking about that. And she finally had great success in her late 50s, which is very rare. You know, and uh, she was talking about, again, uh, of of having the courage of her convictions and, and, and belief in herself and not being beaten. It's not like she didn't work, but it was hard. It was hard. I, I always say, you know, it's hard for men as they get older and nearly impossible for women as they get older is my, it's my experience. It's the truth. But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's getting better, though. Yes. It, it, is, it is getting better. Long way to go. Long way to go. Uh, tr- uh, Tracy wanted to know, and, and I'm curious myself, Tony, I would love, um, to, to read a project that you had written. Have you considered writing or finding you a know, writing I, partner and putting something out? I would love to. Yeah. You know, I, I occasionally, occasionally uh, for the independence and for the, for the control, I would love to, uh, to do that. But I think in part it's because. I've had the benefit to work on such great material that it pains me so much to go through the process of it not being good, <laughs> which <laughs> all the writers do. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Um, thank you. I, you know, uh, I'd have to, I have to think about it. And, um, but uh, you know, if you work closely enough, like even this, uh, this Shakespeare thing, uh, I mean, the, my, my name is not, there is a writing credit, right. but I certainly had an effect on the script certainly had an effect on the script uh you know suggestions no no no, this sonnet is better than that sonnet for this reason and and you know um so who knows anything is possible i'd like to plant a seed i'm sure it's one that's probably been planted before um and we've we've brought up audible um i i would love to read an autobiography oh Um, no really (laughs) yeah cliff simon you know we we lost him yeah, and what uh, uh, he has, Paris Nights, uh, my time at the Moulin Rouge, incredible. and it is yeah, it is incredible. a great read and a great listen. Yeah, and yeah. you know, oh, he recorded it on Audible. It's on Audible. He, he with him recording it. Uh-huh. Did he? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. I, I treasure it immensely. Oh wow, wow, yeah. You know, uh, it's funny because you know you work with uh, with. Cliff and we were there a bunch and then we'd find ourselves at conventions and hook up and right. just uh, just catch up. And he was such an interesting guy. What an interesting life. Uh-huh. Oh, my military, God. You know, dancer. Military, dancer, dancer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's uh, and and what was so uh, sort of tragic, he finally found a strange combination of of his profession and his love as an actor. And his his even greater sort of thing of in terms of outdoor sports and in terms of challenges and, and uh, extreme sports. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he finally found that documentary he was doing, you know, uh, and I thought, oh, my God, there it is, Chris. I mean, there it is, Cliff, you Cliff. found it. <laughs> yeah, there it is, Cliff, you found it. My God, you know, and uh, and he told me I saw him. uh I forget at a convention just before it was going to come out or, or, or just, before we, there was some clips I, I saw of it. And he, he said, Oh my, he said, this is it. This is all I want to do. If I could do this, I don't need to act. You know, I would if they, but I, I don't, you know, this is great because he was <laughs> always in some place thinking, God, I, are you crazy? Are you nuts <laughs> to be in that, to be in that swamp or to be in that, uh, you know, but that was that was him, you know. He was, uh, he, you know. We're all searching for sort of a release of endorphins and, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 adrenaline, which, depending upon your point of view of the experience, can either be very frightening or very stimulating. You know, um, I often say actors uh, uh, when we get depressed because we're not working, particularly theater actors, even more than film and television. Uh, 
it's because what we're missing, it's a kind of chemical withdrawal. We're literally missing the chemicals that are released every night mm -hmm. at eight o'clock before we step on the stage. Right, exactly. Tom Macbeth we, told me once, if I'm it, not if I'm it, not frightened, I it's not worth doing. Yeah. 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 So so he found that uh and uh so he was lucky mm -hmm. to have found that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so if Stargate comes back, are you definitely uh uh, and someone were to call you and say, hey, or Christopher, are you definitely considering it? I, I am not going to do it if Christopher's on it. Okay, he gets me, in, <laughs> he gets me into too much trouble. Uh, no, of course. No, 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 no. Of course, I would, uh, I would definitely uh, be, uh, be involved if, if they asked. So. Absolutely. Akosh yeah. uh, uh, said, you know, Braytech called Teal'c his son in season 10. I thought that scene was a lovely uh, capstone uh, for the two. And, you know, were it never to come back in any other form, you know, there was a, that's a solid, solid arc. Um, oh, yes. When, when uh, was the first time you felt that this emotional statement, this connection between Braytech and, and Teal'c uh, was really making sense? I mean, you, there's a great episode like Threshold, you know, where, you know, yeah. I, Brad Wright, we've talked about that before. He used every, every scene. Every bit of, yeah, yeah. There's, there's some uh, good you know, stuff. You know, it was always there. Yeah. Uh, but probably if you really had to, uh, it would be the episode on the beach where we were sharing, where he was sharing a symbiote. The Changeling. Uh, and yes, that is the most intimate connection you know, in a kind of way, you know, for Jaffa, and, yeah, 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 yeah. So it, you know, it was there. I mean, it was always sort of felt, uh, and, uh, you know, particularly as I, um, you know, I, I sort of pulled away from the warrior aspect and they made me as much a diplomat, uh, and stuff. So it was, um, yeah, I'd say the changeling. Yeah. There's a scene from that episode. Uh, well, that, that when you guys were coming home, after that scene and they were, were you guys were trying to figure out okay are we coming back for another season can you tell that story real quick oh I love you want me this. to tell that story okay yeah okay uh uh we were shooting over by the fraser uh river which is close to the airport and uh and we were waiting for the light what they call magic light so it's uh, getting towards uh sunset a glow and everything. And there were tons and tons of extras and they had cranes for the cameras and everything because that big overhead shot. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I heard, uh, I'm trying to think it was Michael. It was Michael and Chris mm -hmm. sort of uh, talking and, uh, you know, are we coming back? Aren't we coming back? And no, no, no. And there was, they were really frightened. They were, uh, and, and I was just listening because, you know, I didn't have as much skin in the game as they did. Mm -hmm. I, of course, I wanted the show to come back, but you know, I, I was probably doing three episodes a year that, at that point mm -hmm. and doing other projects. They were doing 22. Uh, and so I remember, but it was <laughs> the salmon were running. So the salmon at that point, you know, and if the people have seen that, they sort of jump up and, they're, and, they, and there were just thousands of them. I mean, it was spectacular catching the light, catching the light. And finally, I listened to the two of them going on about this. And finally, I said, look, guys. You're coming back. You're coming. What do you know? You're coming back. And they were trying to be polite. Like, what do you know? You're just a guest star. What do you know? Yeah, you're recurring. But, you know, what do you know? Well, how do you know we're coming back? I said, Chris, I know we're coming back, back because, look, even the salmon are jumping out of the river to get a look at Stargate SG-1. <laughs> <laughs> and they laughed and they laughed. And you and were right. And and I was right, but actually, it's funny. I what what, what I thought you were going to uh, talk about, which when we finished that, I remember, you know, because we had to get wet and everything. We finished right. that. I ended up riding back with Chris in his car, and uh, he had a wonderful bottle of scotch. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, it, there was a driver. He was you know, right. We weren't, uh, and this was, and and to be fair, this was not a. Um, this was a separate driver. It wasn't, you know, part of the Stargate crew, which is completely illegal. Yeah, this, this was, was a separate a hire, formal, formal sort of thing. And but we had some, we had some nice scotch, and, and it was uh, so it was quite a satisfying day that that day. Yeah, I um I really appreciate you coming on 
and uh, uh, sharing these these memories is always fun to have you back, whether we focus on on Stargate uh, specifically or not. Um, but I uh, have truly a- admired you for the work that you've done and for your uh, your constitution as a performer and as a human being. And it's always great to have you on the show. And yes. I, I, I hope to have you back again in the future. Yeah, well, we have to finish the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, it's never... Anyway, thank you. Thank you, David. And thank you all uh, for watching and listening and uh, to be continued. Be well. Thank you, Tony. You take care of yourself, you. sir. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tony Amendola, everyone. Master Braytech from Stargate SG-1. I appreciate all of you for uh, for tuning in and uh, uh, for uh, t- uh, taking some time out of your Sunday with us. Uh, we have, coming up next week, a pre-recorded episode with Mr. Paul McGillian. So I'm going to be setting up a, uh, a separate YouTube channel. Uh, uh, video where you'll be able to ask Paul questions underneath in the comments below. And I'll be getting to that to upload that in, in just a moment here. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you, you like what we do here, it would mean a great deal. If you consider looking at some of our t-shirts, we offer t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and hoodies for all ages, as well as cups and other accessories in a variety of sizes and colors, including the famous Hammond of Texas mantra from Mr. Braytech uh, himself over at dialthegate.com slash merch. And we thank you so much for your support. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider hitting that like button, share it with a friend or subscribe for future uh, live installments. So you'll be able to see what's, what's coming up next. I think that's all that we have for you this week. My thanks so much to uh, producer Linda Gategabber Fury as well as my moderating team, Summer, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, and Anthony. And big thanks to Frederick Marku at Concepts Web. He is our web developer on Dial the Gate. And also a thank you to Jeremy Heiner, our webmaster, who keeps the site up to date. My name is David Reed. Thanks again so much to Tony Amendola for joining us. You're watching Dial the Gate. We'll see you uh, next week with an episode with Paul McGillian. See you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producers are Darren Sumner and Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The moderators are Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design is by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots. The webmaster is Frederick Marcoux. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Frederick Marcoux. For inquiries, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. Thanks for listening.